Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Drive time with Elliot, Timothy, and Chen Chen. Only on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now for a Washington report where we'll be taking a closer look at some of the big headlines out of the United States. Of course, we start off with former President Donald Trump being indicted following an investigation into a hush money payment scheme. Also, the man who spent four years in the White House is now days away from being fingerprinted, given a mugshot photo, and brought before a judge. So this is happening as he campaigns to become president again, of course, in the 2024 election. Now, the latest turn of events has thrust the nation into uncharted political, legal, and historical waters. And we're going to take a look at how all of this is set to unfold. Uh, Of course, among that, uh, we'll be also talking a little bit about tensions between Washington and Beijing. It seems to be spiking again this time over the ongoing tour of the Americas by Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen. It will reach ahead on Wednesday when she meets U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California. This has been labeled another provocation by Beijing. On the line with me is Trisha Craig, Vice President, Engagement and Senior Lecturer of Social Sciences, Sociology and Political Science for Yale and U.S. College. Trisha, good to speak with you again. Hi, Elliot. Nice to be here. What better way to start Monday than talking about the former president being indicted? Can't wait to see the mugshot. He's expected to appear in court, uh, I believe, in Manhattan. It should be tomorrow, so maybe Wednesday, Singapore time, for his arraignment. Um, the news, of course, sending shockwaves across the U.S. Uncharted political and legal territory, as we know. Uh, and the first time a former U.S. president has been charged crimin- criminally. Could you put this into context for us? Because he's still campaigning. He is. And, you know, I think it's a surprise to people outside of the U.S. that not only can he continue to campaign, but if he were to be convicted and jailed and still win the election, he could govern from jail. But you're right. This is very much new ground. I think the last time we saw something like this was Spiro Agnew. He was Richard Nixon's vice president. In 1973, he was accused of running a quite brazen bribery and extortion ring from from the office. And he resigned in disgrace. He pleaded no contest to a charge of income tax evasion um, and avoided a a prison sentence by taking a deal. And, you know, one big difference, though, is that right now there's no talk of Trump pulling back from the public or from Mm. campaigning or even any sense of disgrace. I'm no surprise to him. He's quite bullish about these sort of things. Mm. Uh, But the indictment has been filed under seal, yet to be unveiled. So in a sense, there's a lot we don't know. What sort of questions do we expect to come to light so there are more that we do know that there are more than 30 counts in the indictment, and it's mostly related to business fraud uh, of the Trump organization, but also of the uh, the campaign. The big headlines are about payoffs to Stormy Daniels. Um, she's the adult film actress who had an affair with Trump. She was paid $130,000 to keep quiet about it, which makes it sort of seem like a sex scandal. But actually, this is about campaign finance violations. The Trump organization, through its lawyer, paid her. They claimed it as legal expensive, and that's falsifying business records. Plus, there's some sense that this illegally helped the campaign. So I think what we'll probably see is a lot more come out about the operations of the Trump organization, which was recently convicted by the same Manhattan DA who's bringing the current charges. Um, The Trump organization was convicted on 17 criminal counts related to fraud and tax evasion. 
So we also have a camp of people saying that, you know, or questioning whether or not Trump is going to get a fair trial in New York. Could I get your thoughts on this as well as how, how else, what are the next steps that are going to play out as far as the legal system is concerned? Well, in terms of the legal system, uh, he's expected, as you said, to turn himself in to the Manhattan DA tomorrow, New York time. Mm-hmm. And assuming he does that instead of just you know, staying in Florida, he will be treated like others in the criminal justice system. He'll have a mugshot, fingerprints and DNA samples. And, you know, Elliot, that mugshot will undoubtedly end up on T-shirts coveted by Trump supporters. He is said to be looking forward to the spectacle of it all. In terms of a fair trial, you know, I think the DA, he, yes, he's a Democrat. He has not acted in an overly partisan way, but Trump is not that popular in New York or really the Isle of Manhattan. Um, so I would expect defense attorneys to argue that the trial venue ought to be moved to a place where you might get a more sympathetic jury pool, someplace like Staten Island, which is another of New York's boroughs, but more Trump-friendly. I would buy that shirt. Not because I'm a Trump supporter, you know this. Collector's item. And the comedic value that can come out of it. I mean, I've always thought about going to stand-up comedy. But Trisha, that's another conversation for another day. I'm sorry about that. We do expect Trump to weaponize this indictment. Yes, and I think there'll, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of weaponizing this. Mm. You know, I think from his presumptive opponents uh, for president in the twenty four elections, you know, normally having the front runner be indicted would be manna from heaven to opponents, but that is not the case here. Many of the people who are running, or we assume are running, um, for the Republican nomination have rushed to defend him. This, mm. this is really quite unusual. Nikki Haley talked about the Manhattan DA as being out for revenge. Ron DeSantis called it un-American. Mike Pence, Trump's vice president, who whose life was in danger yeah. during the insurrection in January 6th, called the indictment an outrage. There's one exception, though, and that's Asa Hutchinson. He is a former Republican governor of Arkansas who over the weekend announced that he's running for president. And he called on Trump to to drop out of the race to, you know, deal with his own legal issues and to maintain the dignity of the office. And I think Hutchinson is saying out loud what many others in the party leadership wish they could say, but they're too afraid of Trump's base to say it. Yeah, well, that's the problem, right? At the end of the day, there's uh, they've got no one else to front the campaign because he's just that popular. And therein comes that theory. Whilst one could speculate about the actions Trump's rivals could take, uh, there is also that possibility that this is going to boost his standing and his popularity. It is boosting it. Oh, gosh. And, you know, t-shirts, is- t-shirts. <laughs> When's your birthday, Elliot? I know what to get you. Um, (laughs) I mean, look, Trump is upending what we think we know about political gravity. In February, DeSantis, the Florida governor, was polling just slightly ahead of Trump in terms of the Republican primary nomination. Two weeks ago, Trump was up like 47 to 39. But post-indictment in the last few days, Trump's popularity has soared. He is now outpolling DeSantis by a 57 to 31 percent margin, which is just incredible. I think Team Trump might see this as a vindication of this decision to run. But I think, you know, we also have to sort of step back for a second and say, look, for the general election, I think independents are getting kind of tired of this sideshow yeah. and, of course, Democrats. So it could it could help him with the base and the nomination, but I don't think it's particularly helpful for the general election. Mm, yeah, I, I've got to agree with you on that one. Uh, just very quickly, let's talk about tensions between Washington and Beijing. Well, quickly might be the wrong word for that because there's <laughs> a lot to unpack here. This time because of uh, Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen going on a bit of a tour, she's set to meet U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California. 
Beijing is saying that this is another provocation. What do we know so far about this entire fiasco? Because at the same time, we have also got the the, the former president of Taiwan, Ma Ying-jeou, making a 12-day visit to mainland China. That's right. So, you know, I think the visit to uh, to China by the uh, opposition uh, party leader, mm-hmm. that's being criticized at home. But in fact, what it allows China to do is contrast the message that he's pushing of we are all Chinese with President Tsai's trip to um, to. North America to North and Central America. So she's on a 10-day trip to Central America and the U.S. She's got an official visit to Guatemala and Belize, who are among the few remaining diplomatic allies they have. And she's also making two stops in the U.S., which, of course, is what's getting all the attention. Thursday, she gave a speech at the Hudson Institute. And this week, she's expected to meet with Kevin McCarthy the Republican Speaker of the House, and that would be the highest level in-person meeting of a Taiwanese leader in the U.S. in decades. And so even though Taiwan is really hemorrhaging its diplomatic allies at this point, I think the trip to the U.S. sort of is a signal that the ones it's keeping are very strong. Mm. I'm very sure we will continue to chat about this particular topic next week as more events unfold. But I do appreciate your time today, Tricia Craig, Vice President Engagement and Senior Lecturer of Social Sciences, Sociology and Political Science for Yale and U.S. College. Tricia, appreciate it as always. Take care and have a great Monday evening. Thanks, you too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.